Hi everyone, welcome back to my podcast, Happy Hour with Fictabulous. It is another beautiful Friday. I hope everybody had a great and safe week. Um, I'm so excited about the, this discussion. One, because um, as I told you in my previous um, episode, when I gave a preview into this episode's review and discussion, I mentioned that it was going to be on Good Boys, but I decided to add on another movie discussion and review because when I was doing my homework and 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 research and all that stuff and notes for uh the movies good the movie good boys I realized that that it wasn't going to be as long as of an episode as my previous episodes were and I learned that too um as well with um birds of prey so I'm trying to get better at um knowing ahead if if one movie is going to be long enough to last through you know the usual hour of um episode um, airtime, but um, if not, then I'm going to try to be a little bit more prepared with adding another movie to help, you know, round out that whole hour of movie discussions and, you know, try to have it in the same genre, which is what I did. So today, the first movie is going to be on Good Boys. And then the second movie um, discussion and review, I felt like goes kind of similar with Good Boys theme. Um, it's called Blockers, uh, the comedy with um, Leslie Mann, and it's got John Cena and um, a few other notable faces, um, which kind of, it's just basically about these three parents that try to stop their daughters from losing their virginity on prom night and all the crazy shit that they have to go through to do that and trying to find them and track them down. So super excited about this uh, last minute edition. I'm really pumped and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And I just want to say that watching while watching these movies because good boys is placed like the age group is is like the boys are just starting to um they just started sixth grade so they're no longer in elementary school they're like in middle school so it's a whole different type of environment and experiences it's just part of growing up and then for blockers it's all about kind of like the end of high school getting ready for prom which I have very very fond memories of both and now that I'm a parent this, these movies are kind of like a heads up, kind of like, what is it called? It's more so to keep, keep, get me prepared. Although my son's only two, but still, like, I, I can only imagine for those parents who have kids who are in sixth grade, you know, middle school or getting ready to start high school, that that time passes by so quickly. So, um, yeah, it's a good, very educational, they're very good educational movies for me to kind of just give us the heads up as as new parents and what to expect, even though I've kind of already had some familiar, um, I'm still familiar, quite familiar with these, um, those experiences also because I am the oldest of six kids. I feel like I was kind of like the second parent to my younger siblings and guiding them through those kind of experiences because not all their experiences they're going to share with their parents. I know I didn't. So it was kind of nice for them to be able to come to me because it kind of helps prepare me again, you know, for when my son gets to that age. And I can't I can't even think about it. And I know the experience is not going to be necessarily the same because technically I'm not I wasn't their parents. And it's going to be totally different because we're in such a new different age with technology and social media and just the way kids interact with each other now and how they 
do things and operate things like with their cell phones and their tablets and laptops and all that stuff. And it's just, it's, it's going to be probably new territory for, from me, but I feel like I'd still be a little bit more prepared because I had my younger siblings as kind of like practice. And I just hope that whenever these experiences that my son goes through as shown in these movies, that I can be, I'll be somewhat calm and not freak the fuck out like my parents did. Even though I know some of it's going to be, it's going to be expected because I am a parent and certain things we're not expecting like our kids to, oh, they'll never do that, you know, type of mindset, which is I'm really trying hard not to do because I feel like that just sets me up for the element of surprise of when it does happen to my kid. And I just, I'm just trying to be as prepared as possible, which I know it's not going to, you're never going to be prepared as my mother always tells me. Never thought I'd be quoting my mother, but here we are, gentlemen and ladies. So um, let's go ahead and get into the first movie of Good Voice. Oh, and if any of you guys are wondering, um, this podcast episode is being fueled by White Claw Hard Seltzer and the flavor Raspberry. Um, I had this drink or this brand when I was on my bachelorette in uh, Texas last year. And I wasn't too, it's definitely an acquired taste. Like you have to get used to it. You have to keep like drinking it to, to get used to it. Some of the flavors aren't so bad, but um, raspberry has been my favorite. I'm just not used to the, what is it? The sparkling, the spiked sparkling water type of taste. I, I'm not a sparkling water drinker. So it was definitely something to get used to. But I definitely, I don't know what it was, but I, I enjoyed it a lot more when I was having it in um, Austin, Texas. So with that said, hope you guys are able to enjoy a lovely beverage along with me. I'm taking a little healthier approach and being a healthy alcoholic, if you guys want to call it that. But yeah, so it's going to take probably about five of these to get a, a nice buzz, but less calories. So there you go. So the film starts with Max, who's played by Jacob Tremblay. Um, He's playing a fantasy online game. Surprise, surprise. He enlarges the breath on an orc before getting ready to masturbate. And I think this is just relatable to young boys in sixth grade. This is relatable to all men who play video games where you have the abilities to modify and change your character's appearance and look. The fact that this game gives you the option to change the size of a creature or just a character, not even a creature, just a character's breast size is a little disturbing to me. Because my husband plays those kinds of video games. So I wonder if he does the same thing. To- no, he does. He does. I'm not even going to try to mean no. He does. I know he does. So it's an orc. You know, it's not just, you know, a regular female character, you know, from like, I don't know, Mortal Kombat or something like a human. I don't know. I guess, you know, that's why it's called a fantasy online game. But anyway, so he enlarges the breath. Quite large, actually, if you've seen this movie. It's ridiculously large. Unnecessary. Anyways, his father, played by Will Forte, comes in to let him know that he's going away for the weekend. So before he does this, Max 
tries to outsmart his parents, at least his dad, and he like tie he tries to like booby trap the the door so that way he like it gives he's prepared to to shut off or or turn close his laptop before his parents can see. I'm sure many of us have done that in anything that we've tried to do. That's not, that's pretty like sneaky. So his father comes in to let him know that he is going away for the weekend. That booby trap was really not, it was, it was half-assed. That's what it was. He was too much of a hurry. It didn't work. At least not that I saw. So he's leaving for the weekend and to be careful with the new drone that his dad just got because it's for, it's a company drone. And then Max's dad then realizes what his son was about to do. <laughs> and gives him the talk over it before going to tell his wife, which leaves poor Max embarrassed. And it's so funny because when his dad starts to figure it out and starts to question him, Max automatically gets defensive, which is just, it's just an automatic defense mechanism that we have when we're trying to hide something like this, similar to this, from our parents or from our friends. Like, no, I wasn't. And then we get so angry. And that's like the giveaway too, is because we get so defensive so fast and get so mad. Um, I really hope that when this moment comes and happens with our son, because it's going to, it's just the laws of nature, that I hope my husband or me, whoever is the one to, to you know, unfortunately catch him doing this, we react the same way that or as cool and calm as the father does in this movie because he's very you know nonchalant like hey it happens to everybody I remember you know my you know when he did it and I just I really hope for the sake of our son's embarrassment that and for the sake of not making him more embarrassed even though it's probably going to be inevitable that we try to not make it such a big deal but at the same time I feel like it's better that my husband be the one to do like it happens to like he's the one that walks in on this happening rather than me because I feel like even though like my calm it's not going to be calm it's going to be like it's going to be total like awkward calm and then I'm just gonna there's just going to be like this awkward silence and then I'm just going to walk away and call my husband and just tell him to go in there and handle it because that's unmarked terror that's just I've never had to deal with that before so I don't think I ever want to have to deal with that that's why that's the dad's job I, I don't know but if I don't have to deal with that and be the one to have to talk to him and be like hey it's okay no then I'm gonna push that to the husband yeah the hubby's got that that's his job mm-hmm yeah it's assigned that's what's gonna happen but there is no doubt in my mind that if my husband is the one that has to be the one to catch him our son and give him the talk that there's no doubt he's going to come like running down the hallway all excited telling to share the news with me about what he just you know it's kind of like a not like an initiation but it's kind of like a a st like a, a a proud dad moment you know I guess in a way because you know his son you know son's getting older and it's this now it's kind of like a mark of a new different kind of territory a part of our son life so it's like okay this is what we have to like be aware of now because it's actually happening so but there's no doubt he's gonna come up to me all excited and be like guess what guess what we, guess what I just saw our son doing I'm like and I'm probably gonna be like oh god like don't 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 say it. don't be so like too happy about it um because probably for me as a mom that's like my baby and you're telling me my baby is not a baby 
anymore. And yeah, not looking forward to that. Let's get back to it. So Max goes to hang out with his best friends, Thor and Lucas. Together they call themselves the Beanbag Boys, which that seems that's adorable. It's a cute, creative name. Um, they hang out at Thor's house where they are annoyed by his younger sister, Annabelle. The boys then play a game where Thor ends up with a baseball card valued up at $600, which is insane. Then the next day, the boys go to the skate park so Max can check out his crush, Brixley. Um, he and Thor are then met by the cool boys led by Atticus. He brings the boys to a hidden spot in the park where he pulls out a beer bottle. They take turns sipping it, but then when it gets to Thor, he chickens out despite bragging about sipping tons of beer, which causes Atticus to start mocking Thor and gives him the name Sippy Cup. Now this is another thing that us new parents who don't have kids in sixth grade yet have to look forward to. Other kids that are able to get away with stealing beer and then pressuring our kids to drink it. Like, I, that's never happened to me, and I hope it doesn't have to happen to my son. But, I mean, I feel like at that age, beer doesn't taste good. So, they may do it just because it's the dare to do it, and then not worry about having to do it again. I don't know. I never had to, I was never put, like, in that position. I don't know if any of my fellow classmates were put in that position or started. It probably happens, but, I mean, this just gives me anxiety as a parent. Okay, so Lucas decides to go home before the other kids come over, the cool kids, the cool boys, come over to, to you know, share their beer bottle with um, Max and Thor. So Lucas goes home to his parents, and they're giving him his favorite meal, which is lasagna and orange soda, only to drop the news on him that they are unfortunately getting a divorce, which has got to be rough for a kid any kid, because you're so used, you know, you think everything's fine, which clearly this poor Lucas thought everything was fine, you know, and they had their traditions of Taco Tuesday, and, you know, just his parents being his best friends, and then having this bomb dropped on him, and suddenly his world is turned upside down, and even though his parents are telling him, you know, nothing's gonna change, you know, everything's gonna be the same, we'll still have our traditions, it'll just be like two of them, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same, but it's not, and the, and the kid's gonna know that rather quickly, even though you're trying to reassure him that everything's gonna be the same, but it's not, unfortunately, and you're probably asking yourself, well, how does she know? Well, I know, because I am a child of divorced parents, so there you go, talking from experience. But that's all I'm going to say. So let's keep going. All right. So at school, the boys are in choir class and Max can see that Lucas is upset, but he won't tell him or Thor about the divorce, which is another thing, probably because he probably feels embarrassed and ashamed. And it's like, you know, the worst news ever. And the last thing that a kid should not be able to do is tell his friends. But at the same time, maybe his friends won't get it because their parents are still together. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a heavy subject for anybody, especially a kid, and it definitely, this just shows the impact of that kind of situation. So at the end of choir, um, Thor wants to sign up for the upcoming performance of Rock of Ages, but he backs out when Atticus sees him signing up, which is Atticus is again with the cool boys, 
and says singing for tryhards. Um, later during lunch, Max is called over by another popular boy named Soren, and he invites Max to a kissing party where all the girls, including Brixley, who's his crush, will attend. Max asks if he can invite Thor and Lucas, but Soren thinks that they are too random. Quotation marks. I don't know what that means. I don't speak sixth grade lingo anymore. Then Max promises that they will be well behaved. I feel like that's so sad, though. For sixth graders like just include everybody but I know that's not gonna happen but I mean that just sucks like oh let my friends come like they're they'll be I'll make sure they're on their best behavior like seriously come on now but again that just shows the the power of pressure you know the pressure to fit in but you still want to be your friends with your friends but then you want to be like part of the cool kids it's just it's just a lot I feel like it's gotten worse since my days as a in middle school man I'm not prepared for this with my son nope not at all I'm gonna need a stronger drink when that happens okay so when Max goes back to his friends and tells them about um him being in, them being invited to the kissing party um they then the boys try to go out to, to find out how to kiss to prepare for the party and they look up <laughs> They decide to go on the webs on their computer and look up porn to try to see it for themselves, only to be disgusted at what they witness. This scene cracks me up because they're totally unprepared. This is new territory for from them. They're seeing this role play, like just a, a, a porn video that they clicked on. <laughs> and the the commentary that they just they say, you know, that because Lucas, you know, who just found out that his parents are getting divorced, and then the role-play characters is the stepmom yelling at the, you know, role-play kid or son, her stepson. So Lucas is like, is that how all stepmoms, like, act? Or is that what I'm going to have to do with stepmom? It was just, oh, my goodness, poor guy. Um, so then they continue watching, and it's just hilarious, their commentary. You know, Lucas is the reasonable one you think is just telling her don't do it girl don't do it and you know one of the other boys is saying that's not gonna fit in there and it's just hilarious it's pretty much the accuracy of how young boys who are watching this for the first time will probably think in their minds but then it's the boys saying it out loud which is just that much more hilarious it's not gonna be hilarious when my son does it but it's always funny when somebody else's son is doing it or saying it that's the truth bomb right there it's always funnier when other kids do it but when it's your kid your own kid you're like oh fuck no that shit ain't funny anymore thor remembers that his parents have what i'm sure they told him is a cpr doll <laughs> which is pretty creative i don't i wouldn't have thought of that <laughs> but um so they go ahead and practice on this what they think is a cpr doll but clearly it is not that kind of doll and they practice on it as well. And then the poor, and poor Max, he decides to go ahead and practice on kissing her. So he's, he's moving in very, very slowly. But then good old, you know, sweet, thoughtful, you know, respectable Lucas is like, hey, you need to ask her for consent. You know, you can't just go up there and kiss her. And so <laughs> he, he takes on the voice of the doll as Max, you know, hey, can I, uh, can I kiss you? And he's like, 
I consent or <laughs> it's very cute and it's very appropriate moment for this situation like a teachable moment but then so then Lucas goes in or Max goes in to kiss the doll and he is so gross oh because then he's like oh it's you know he makes a face and they're like what they're like oh her lips are sticky <laughs> I can't even say good thinking about it it's just like oh yeah so her lips are sticky so you can only imagine because you know it's not a CPR doll and then he pulls out it's like why is there hair in her mouth I can't like it's just oh it's a very cringy moment and even though you know it's like not real for them but it's just oh oh okay all right I I need to I need to collect myself all right so then the boys then use Max's dad's drone to spy on his neighbor Hannah and her friend Lily to see how to kiss and they observe Hannah's sort of boor- boyfriend Benji coming over to deliver drugs Um, but after Hannah puts him in the friend zone Benji rudely tells her off and leaves the girls then see the drone in the sky and catch it with a pool net Um, the boys run over to try and get the drone back but the girls refuse to do so due to the boys spying on them so they're trying to figure out how to get the drone back but then Thor reveals that he stole Hannah's bag so then they decide to dump out the contents and find a bottle, a bottle, a bottle, <laughs> a bottle of vitamins that they struggle to open because they're under the impression that they're chewable vitamins, chewy gummies or whatever. And I think Lucas is the one that like says that he wants to try a gummy. So they're struggling to try to open it, but you know, it has the child lock lid on there. Um, then Hannah's phone begins to ring and they tell the boys that there is something a value in the bag. They all meet up at the playground to make the exchange, but when the girls mention that there is Molly in the bag, the boys are hesitant to give the drugs back to keep them off the streets, which, just to clarify, they didn't initially get that Molly was drugs when the girls mentioned it. They are like, who's Molly? We don't have Molly, thinking that it was an actual person. So that was pretty funny. Okay, so then Max decides... He gets the idea to use the drone's remote to fly it out of the girl's reach, but he accidentally ends up steering it it into the path of a school bus, which completely destroys the drone. The boys then run off to school to get away from the girls, but they beat them to the school first because, of course, they have a car and the boys are just on foot. Lucas then calls out uh, SCAB, which is the school's anti-bullying group. To protect them but it only humiliates Max and Thor. Uh, they later hide in the bathroom and decide to skip school to try and get a new drone before Max's dad comes home which I if they're only starting like if they're just just going to school what the hell time of day is it because like how early in the morning are they trying to meet up with these girls because when at the playground they already have like kids that are just playing you know school starts pretty early like eight o'clock the latest so it's got to be like 7, 7.30 when they meet up, like, and there's already kids out in the morning playing on the playground, like, it doesn't even look like morning time of day, so, I don't know, that just, that scene threw me off, like, how early did you guys get up? Where are your parents? Seriously, come on now. Alright, anyways, the boys, um, they go back to Thor's house to get the rare card, um, to sell it, the one that was valued at $600, 
They find a buyer who agrees to get the card and will meet them at the house. The boys then get a bunch of weapons, which turn out to be sex toys from Thor's parents' closet. Their par his parents are into some serious kinky shit. But seriously, they need to put this in a, like a lockbox. What is this? Why do they have access to all this stuff? Jesus. Get it together, parents. But in all honesty, it's pretty hilarious because they open the door. Lucas has got this big ass bright pink dildo in his hand. <laughs> and um, Max has this like, what is it? This leather like mask on this face. It's just, yeah, it's a face mask, whatever. And then Thor's um, mistaken anal beads for nunchucks. So there you go. That is the best way to be meeting a random stranger at your house. Um, so anyways, the buyer uh, arrives and the boys suspect he might be a pedophile. And the guy, you know, they tell him that and he says, you know, do I look like a pedophile? And they say, yeah, absolutely you do, which is hilarious. Um, but after seeing that he is harmless, they, they let him in. And they, as they're about to give Claude the card, Lucas backs out and says the card is representative of their friendship. Claude then spots the sex doll, which the boys claimed was Thor's mom. So they, they use this sex doll and put her at the table with her back facing the entrance of the house where Claude is. So it seems like she's just sitting at the table, which is pretty smart on their part. You know, if you're going to meet a random stranger, let a random stranger come to your house to make a trade or buy, to sell something and you're by yourselves, but still like, come on now. So Claude, he comes up to the, what he thinks is who he thinks is the mom and tries to introduce himself. And, and then he realizes, you know, it's a sex doll, which the boys claimed, you know, again, which was Thor's mom. He then offers them $400 for it. Um, they take the money and Claude leaves after saying he would have paid like a thousand for it. Fucking pervert. So with the money in hand, the boys ride their bikes to the mall, but they are found by Hannah and Lily, who were tracking them because they still have Hannah's phone. Uh, the boys try to ride away from them, but Lily chases them on foot. Lucas ends up crashing his bike and flies into a truck, severely dislocating his arm. Max scares Lily away by telling the truck driver that she's their babysitter who's trying to molest them. So she bolts out of there and jumps back into Hannah's car and they take off. Max and Thor pull Lucas away and go to pop his arm back in place, which is so painful and they don't know what they're doing. Um, during this time, Lucas admits that things won't hurt less since his parents are divorcing. And just like, oh, poor baby boy. He's so sad over this. <laughs> um, so the boys go to a convenience store to get medicine for Lucas while Thor decides to smuggle a beer to impress the cool kids. And, um, but then a cop, Officer Sachs, walks in and Max and Lucas panic and try to act normal. But Lucas cracks under pressure and admits that they are carrying drugs. And this poor cop, he's had a day already. He's not up for any more bullshit. And then there are these kids who are trying to act normal. They're doing a horrible job, by the way, trying to act normal. And so Lucas panics under pressure. And they don't just admit they have drugs. He first initially admits that they're skipping school. So then the cop then rolls his eyes and is like, okay, because you guys told me 
and admitted to it. I'll let it go this one time. So then he goes about his business trying to check out. And then Lucas just continues to crack even more under pressure. And that's when he admits that they are carrying drugs. Thor then decides um, to, he walks by trying to smuggle beer in his pants. <laughs> Which looks ridiculous. Because um, he's like got it to where like positioned and it's just awkward. It looks weird. You know, poor, he, he, it's, he's trying, but he fails miserably. Um, but then the, the uh, officer takes the beer and the drugs and promises not to report them as long as they stop annoying him. Thinking that he is lying, the boys lock him inside the store using one of Thor's parents' dildos. <laughs> it's ridiculously huge. And the fact that it's able to, like, lock him in. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, but it's hilarious. Um, Thor also managed to sneak another beer in his jacket, so he was prepared to get caught, I guess. Okay, so they, the boys uh, spot the mall in sight, um, but the boys discover that they must cross a highway. Um, but they they get past the first few lanes easily since traffic is moving easily or slowly. Um, so it's kind of like rush hour traffic. They're like, it's bumper to bumper. Um, but then once they get to the next set of lanes, they're at the median and the cars start moving faster. Uh, the boys get nervous, but Max runs first, followed by Lucas, then Thor almost makes it, but then he drops the bottle of beer and he decides to go back for it, uh, and which this causes a major accident as cars swerve to avoid hitting him. Um, the boys then run to the mall, only to be told by the saleswoman that the, at the store that the drone they ordered was sold to two girls, which, lo and behold, it's Hannah and Lily. They also left the boys a note for where to meet them. So the boys meet the girls in a tunnel, which is more like a parking structure, an underground parking structure. And they reveal to Hannah and Lily that they don't have the drugs. They order, they then order Max and Thor and Lucas to go and buy them again from Benji at his frat house. But Hannah reminds them not to say that she sent them there. Uh, they almost succeed in getting the drugs, but Lucas once again blabs that Hannah sent them, um, which causes Benji to refuse to give them a to give up the drugs so max then decides to pull out a paintball gun because he's just he's had a day they've been through some crazy shit already so he's at his wits end he all he wants to do is just get the drone make it back to his house to put the drone back before his dad gets home so that way he won't get grounded so he can go to this kissing party because he really really wants to kiss his truck um his truck <laughs> He really wants to kiss his crush because if any of you remember what it's like being in sixth grade, all those hormones are like raging and any opportunity to miss a chance of seeing or hanging out with your friends or going to a, a party that everybody else is going to be at, you just lose your damn mind. It's like the end of the world. You can't, you know, you have to go. And if you can't go, you're just going to die and everybody's going to think you're a loser. I mean, it's just... It's not as like, it's just, it's just you're, that's all we think about in sixth grade are the parties and your crushes and being there with your friends. And if it doesn't happen, then all hell is going to break loose. Like, it's just the end of all days for us. Our life is legitimately over. So with all of this, you know, effort and being so close to getting the drugs, which will give him his dad's drone back. 
he pulls out the paintball gun from Thor's house and demands that they get the drugs since he is so desperate, like I mentioned before, to go to this party. And air an air horn blows and startles Max, which causes him to accidentally um, pull the trigger on the paintball and hits Benji with it. Uh, the rest of his frat brothers try start trying to fight um, the boys, but they keep getting hit with the paintballs and Thor gets punched in the face. And Lucas accidentally flips a guy onto a table and then they grab the drugs and run to the girls. Uh, the girls drop the boys off somewhere after making their trade, but Lucas and Thor no longer have interest in going to the party. Max gets a call from his dad saying he got an early flight back and so he's headed home in 15 minutes. Max is freaking out, but then he decides he thinks um, to he then decides to fly the drone back towards his house because he knows he's not going to make it back in time for to put it back himself um, before his dad gets home. And he enters through the chimney, but the camera lens gets covered in the chimney dust smoke suit, if that's what you want to call it, um, which makes it hard to see. And then Max reassures his friends that he knows that his way around his house like the back of his hand so he navigates through memory but he's completely destroying his dad's office and everything he's running into shit and but he is able to put the drone back in place but then his dad just gets home and, and sees all the damage so he he knows that the the drone's been messed with and he angrily calls max and grounds him the boys then get into an argument as Max tells Thor and Lucas that Soren only invited him and not them. Max also calls Thor out on not auditioning for the play just because he cares what the other boys think. And then they all start crying and go home individually. Uh, so then Max's parents scold him as he takes the full blame for the day's events. And then Thor's mom informs him of this and thinks her boy is innocent. Lucas then being the one who can't tell a lie or keep a secret, he, he naturally tells his parents everything. However, they just think that he is just stressed out over the divorce and just try to give him some helpful advice. Um, Lucas goes to Max's house and convinces him to sneak out to go to the party. Now, it's hilarious because Lucas doesn't just show up to his house. He like randomly shows he's just there in Max's window. But he's got a scary ass Max, a Max, <laughs> he's got a scary, fucking scary clown mask on, like a serial killer clown. And he's like, I didn't want your parents to see my face. So he puts on this clown face, this clown mask, and it's just hilarious <laughs> because it scares the shit out of uh, Max. So anyways, Lucas convinces him to sneak out to go to the party. He tricks Max and Thor into meeting up again to try and reconcile their, you know, relationship their friendship but neither one wants to deal with the other the boys um go to the party they enter soren's house and go to the basement thor takes out his beer bottle and tries to beat soren's record of three sips and he makes it to four sips and is no longer known as sippy cup which even impresses soren um the kids then gather to play spin the bottle and after witnessing one kiss, Lucas is grossed out and he excuses himself to stay upstairs to play a VR. Um, Brixley then spins and the bottle points to Thor, which he knows how Max feels about her. So Thor gives up his turn 
and unfortunately this causes the the cool boys to start trying to make fun of him again but uh, Max shuts them up and he follows Zor and tries to apologize for their fight but he tells Max that what he said about him holding himself back from auditioning for the musical is true. Um, he then encourages Max to go after what he wants so Max approaches Brixley and asks to kiss her and she says yes and Max gets his first kiss so mission accomplished um meanwhile upstairs thor joins lucas and hannah and lily show up um they're high off molly and as it is revealed that lily is soren's older sister um the girls ask the boys what they really want and lucas says that he just wants to play video games thor admits his passion for singing and the girls ask him to sing he then starts to sing, I want to know what love is. And then this proceeds to, pl this plays over a montage of him going to audition for the Rock of Ages. Despite auditions being over. Um, and he ends up winning the part of Stacy Jacks. Um, but this like montage that they play of him being in the rock of ages is just ridiculous because no school is going to allow them to do what they this montage like played out to be like he was pretending like they actually had like lines not actual lines of coke but like they actually had like things like they had like the actual lines of but i'm sure they substituted with whatever like they but they actually showed him like doing lines even though it was pretend, I'm like, there's no way there that the school would allow that. I don't care if it's the Rock of Ages or whatever. And then he was like, the way he was dancing up on this girl, it was just ridiculous. It was hilarious, but it was ridiculous. So over the next month, Max goes out with Brixley, but she breaks up with him. He starts going out with another girl, Taylor, but she leaves him for Brixley. Lucas goes on to join gap to protect other kids while Thor performs in the show and is beloved by his friends, family, and classmates. Um, so it's kind of like showing all the boys kind of split up. They, they're, they're friends, but they're going off and doing their own little thing. Max is going out with all these girls and then he's crying after each breakup. Lucas joins Scab and then, you know, Thor follows his, you know, dreams of performing in shows at school um so thor's family decides to throw a party to celebrate the play max shows up with his new girlfriend scout while um lucas is there with the new friend that plays video games with him um the boys acknowledge that while they may end up going separate ways they vow to be together for all of time or for all of the important events the three share a big hug but before they go, Thor invites Max and Lucas to go upstairs for a surprise. Um, they go to his parents' room to find a giant sing. And, and they're, they play on it for a while until Thor's sister, Annabelle, comes in to tell them that their parents, uh, they have, it's a sex swing. So it's a sex swing that their parents have sex on and they're kind of just all on there crammed on the, the swing. <laughs> and they all look at each other and then it's like the the light bulb goes off and that's how the movie ends so so there you have it there's that's the movie uh good boys i thought it was really funny again it was pretty very insightful for me as a parent um even though i doubt half 
half that crap happens, you know, under school watch. But you never know. Kids can, the what kids get away with, I mean, what we all probably got away with during sixth grade is pretty, still pretty um, unbelievable that it happened. Um, it is not a kid's movie just because it has kids in it, just FYI. So if you're going to watch it, do not watch it with your kids because this will only give them ideas. The older they are, if they're close to that age, don't watch it in front of them. You're just going to give them ideas and that's not what you want. And it's not what we want. And it's not what I want. I don't want to be responsible for that exposure to your kid. So watch it when your kids are asleep or playing outside, whatever, but not well, don't watch it with them. So if you like this movie, let me know what you think. Go to my Instagram, Twitter, email me, let me know what you think, comment. And um, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. It, it, it is hilarious. It's It's got pretty, pretty hilarious shit that, that uh, adults would definitely get. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fun. It was again, very insightful and informative of what to possibly maybe expect, but just to make sure, keep an eye on your damn kids. There's no way that they should have been allowed or gotten away with going around all over town, skipping school for that matter. Like, come on, don't they check attendance anymore in, in class? It's just, uh, yeah, keep an eye on your kids. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the next movie review and discussion. It's um, Blockers, a.k.a. Cock Blockers. I'm, say, I'm sure they just took out the cock because, of course, they can't say that or put it out, whatever the case is. We all know what it really means and says. Um, so the film starts with Lisa, who's played by Leslie Mann, taking a video of her young daughter, Julie, as she starts her first day of school. Um, Ju Julie is nervous until she meets Kayla and Sam, and the three of them quickly hit it off. Um, it's so sad because, like, watching this scene, I can only imagine that my son starting, you know, school, the first day of school, kindergarten or whatever, pre-K, I don't know, just whatever he, we decide to start him at, I know it's just not going to be good for me emotional wise. So it was very kind of like a touching moment. Um, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not. So uh, yeah. So the girls, the three of them quickly hit it off and become best friends. Uh, Lisa meets Kayla's father, Mitchell, who's played by John Cena, and Sam's father, Hunter, which um, who's played by Ike um, Barnholtz. Um, Lisa and Mitchell get emotional seeing their kids enter school, and Hunter suggests that they go for drinks at, like, I can only imagine, like, 8 in the morning. Um, so then it fast forward to the present. Lisa and Julie spend the morning together before Julie goes to school. Um, it kind of shows them having like this awesome mother daughter relationship. Um, you know, she's a, a single mom and she has been this, you know, throughout her daughter's life. Um, but yeah, it just seems like they just have this really awesome mother daughter relationship. Um, it's the day of her prom, and Lisa is dreading the fact that soon Julie will be going to college. Um, so then it shows Mitchell at his house again, played by John Cena, and he's trying to get intimate with his wife, Marcy, um, when, he when he finds a pair of thongs in the, in the clean laundry that he uh, brings up. 
So he then puts them in his mouth. <laughs> he puts them in his mouth to try to tempt his wife, Marcy. Um, and But she, like, quickly reveals that they belong to Kayla, <laughs> his teenage daughter, which is like, oh, oh my gosh. At which he... At which point he spits them out, which is very appropriate. But I'm like, the way the mom kind of just calmly but um, reveals to him that they're not hers. It's kind of shocking because if I knew that those were my daughters, I when he's already playing with them, I wouldn't wait. Like, ugh, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be so calm. Like, But then again, she was on like a, a work call at the same time. He's just trying to like playfully distract her and stuff. But still, if that was me and I saw my husband put a pair of who he thinks obviously is my thongs, but he puts his daughter's, <laughs> I can't even think about it. It's so gross, but still, I wouldn't be so calm about it. I'd probably snatch him out of his fucking mouth and smack him across the face with them because he's a freaking idiot uh, for just assuming that they're mine. And still, like, there need to be clear communication of when our daughter is doing her laundry so they did. They don't get mixed up with mine, therefore leading to this unfortunate miscommunicate understanding, whatever. Ugh, gross. It's definitely a hilarious but cringy moment, like, just for any parent. So, anyways, there you have that. <laughs> um, so, Mitchell is very protective of his daughter, Kayla, and he even is starting to snoop in her room or he starts to snoop go, he goes to snoop in his her room after he finds a cigarette filter in her pants and then he finds a, a vibrating item in her drawer um but fortunately it's it's soon revealed it's part of an electric toothbrush but it is very misleading look wise so at school the girls sit together for lunch julie tells the other two that she plans to lose her virginity that night to her boyfriend austin um, because she thinks it will be special. Kayla decides to get in on it too with her prom date Connor. Um, though she cares less about it being a special thing. And the scene is hilarious because she's. She makes it known that it's not it's not like she's not going to do it because she wants it's it's special to her um, like it is to, to Kayla and um, or no, I'm sorry, Julie. Kayla tells julie you know that she it's not she's in on the pack but not because the reasons that julie's doing it julie you know she's wanting it to be special her and this her boyfriend have been together for six months six months six months which in high school i mean that can be feel like equivalent to two years like in their standards but um so it's not really the same reasoning behind it because then at the same time, she describes a penis, you know, to not, it's not for looking at. And it's, it's, it's to be used, which is, is kind of a valid point. But, and she compares it to like a, she says it's, um, she describes a penis not for looking at. And um, it's more for use, which is correct. It's like a plunger. So that's <laughs> pretty hilarious and a pretty correct comparison when you're trying to make that kind of analogy. Um, which I might later use if I ever have a daughter. And if I don't, then I'll use my niece. I'll say it to my niece. That's how I'll describe a penis to her. If she ever comes to me and is like, auntie, you know, 
we decided to have that talk behind our mother's back because it will happen. If my sisters come to me for shit, then I guarantee my nieces and nephews will probably come to me for other shit and I will be there for them because that's me. Even though I probably won't have the same reaction if my son were to go to his aunts or uncles for advice. But then again, there it's it's just that's just how I'm going to react. So there you go. If you're listening, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, so then once Kayla decides to get on the pa- the 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 pact of losing her virginity to Sam is more hesitant and says that she and her prom date Chad might not go that far, but Sam appears to be more interested in a girl named Angelica, which is adorable but sad at the same time because she can't she's afraid to say anything, which I'm sure so many people can relate to and if that was my kid, like I would really hope that I would be able to see it and my child would be I don't know. I just feel like my child would be not so afraid to tell me because of their fears of how me or just the, you know, her parents or his parents would react, you know, I just don't want that to be the reason for my child not coming to me with something this big and life changing because I want to be there for my kid, you know, and so does my husband, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's easier to keep it to yourself rather than to just come out and say it. So anyways, um, Julie goes home and finds an acceptance letter from UCLA. Um, she's nervous to tell her mom since her mom thinks that Julie is planning on going to school there in Chicago, which is only 45 minutes away. It's so sad because I'm sure many parents relate to this, especially if you're so close to your daughter, your kid, as you know, the character seems to be with her kid and she's a single mom. So that's all she knows. That's who she's, you know, that's basically kind of like her only friend is her daughter. This poor sweet baby mama just doesn't want to lose her only child. Okay. So meanwhile, at home, Sam gets ready for a pre-par, pre-par, <laughs> a pre-prom party. Oh, that's a tongue twister. She gets ready for a pre-prom party at Julie's house. Um, She talks to her mom, Brenda, and her uh, father, her stepdad, Frank. Um, He tells Sam about how prom night is special in terms of being with friends and cherishing these memories. And when she gets to the party, Sam tells Julie and Kayla that she wants in on the sex pact. So the party starts and Mitchell talks to Lisa since she hasn't returned his calls. Calls. God, I can't talk today. His calls to hang out like they used to. Um, Hunter shows up at the party uninvited in a limo that he rented for the girls. Um, Lisa and Mitchell haven't talked to him since he divorced Brenda after he slept with Sam's babysitter. And Sam is not too happy either to see him at the party. Um, Mitchell meets Connor and immediately dislikes him for being near Kayla and for having a man bun. (laughs) I'm kind of like, I'm split between man buns because my son's hair is growing pretty long. I'm just kind of just letting it go long. I, I let it grow out long even before, like, it's not because we're in quarantine and, you know, I can't take him to go get his hair cut because even before then, Um, when he was starting to grow hair 
and I just let it grow because I didn't want to cut it. And I loved his, I love his hair. My son's hair is so beautiful, you guys. Like I'm sure all like when you know little babies' hairs is just so cute and so soft. And his was has a little curl curls at the end, so I didn't want to cut it. Um, but I did cut it a little bit because it was kind of getting frustrating. I did have it up in a man bun and he looks so cute with a little baby man bun. Um, but I cut it, I trimmed it a little bit for our wedding um, when me and his dad got married. Um, just because it wouldn't be in his face and it still had a little bit of shagginess. But now it's starting, it's been growing out since then. I haven't cut it since I first initially cut it. And um, so it's starting to get that length to where I can... I can put it up and I really love the little baby man buns. I think they're so adorable. I'm not too against man buns um, for adult men. I just think it depends on the guy and how they look. I don't know. I don't think it looks too bad. I don't know. Some of them, it's just like, mm. like if my husband were to get a man bun, I'd be like, no, cut that fucking shit off. Or if my brother got a man bun, I'd be like, no, get the fuck out of here. You're not my brother. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't say that. Maybe I would, but just to get him to cut it. Um, <laughs> but like other guys that are not related to me and I haven't like been around them with just short hair, I probably would be more. I don't know. But I'm see, I'm if anybody I know gets a man bun after having short hair for a long time, don't come near me. Be a stranger. I'm more acceptable for it. Be a stranger or my son. But yeah, that's it. That's that's my take on man buns. So uh, anyways, uh, before the girls leave for prom, Lisa finds Julie's acceptance letter to UCLA in her drawer. And she tries to talk to Julie before, kind of like in code, but it's not working. She's not, Julie's not understanding like her code, trying to talk about it, her way of trying to talk about it. because She's just really anxious to leave and go to prom so she's Lisa's unable to work the letter into the conversation uh, Mitchell and Hunter join Lisa when they hear noises coming from Julie's laptop and they start reading the text messages from the girls group chat which is filled with emojis that the adults know are for sexual terms they technically they didn't really know it, um what's his name Hunter is the one kind of decoding these emojis which is just another another kind of like stress factor. Like I feel like they're going to have to come out with a manual for different emoji combinations for parents. So that way it, we can like decipher our kids conversation because in the movie Hunter tells Julie that him and her and Mitchell snooping on the laptop is violation of privacy or that they can't do that. You know what? Motherfucker. If I'm the one to pay for the laptop and this bitch is living under my roof, I'm going to look at any and all conversations that are happening, especially if my daughter is not smart enough to close the laptop or close out of the conversation that's connected to her iPhone. So you best believe that I'm going to be all up in that business looking and deciphering all the emojis that I can possibly decipher because that's my house and that's my daughter. So I will be as snoopy as a motherfucker. Now that we got that out of the way, um, their fears are confirmed when Julie writes hashtag sex pact 2018, leading them to realize the girls are trying to lose their virginities that night. Uh, Lisa and Mitchell vow to stop 
from the um, this from happening, but Hunter thinks that they are crazy for trying to do this, but he's in the end, he ends up joining them. Uh, the parents arrive at the prom to look for the girls. The girls themselves are enjoying the night with their date. Sam sees Angelica and strikes up a conversation with her. Angelica says that she just broke up with her girlfriend and she playfully touches Sam's hair, leading her to realize that they may have mutual feelings. Um, Sam goes to kiss Chad to see whether or not she truly is straight or gay and Hunter sees it. Um, Sam clearly didn't enjoy it. Um, meanwhile, Kayla starts to drink liquor and smoke hash with Con that Connor made. Um, the girls and their dates then leave the prom to head to the after party. So the parents quickly realize that the um, girls have left prom and are probably on their way to the after party. So the parents go to Austin's house, um, which is where Lisa was told by Julie that the after party would be. But however, instead, the three find Austin's parents, Ron and Kathy, engaging in prom roleplay sex. Um, Ron catches Mitchell outside, but since he knows him and Lisa, he's not too upset. So, um, he casually explains what he and his wife do and that Austin knows all about their sex life. They also reveal that the after party is at a lake house. Um, when Ron and Kathy refuse to give up the address, Mitchell realizes that Marcy may have it. Um, so the three go to Mitchell's house to talk to Marcy into giving up the address, but she thinks that it's stupid and that they are that they are so worried about the girls losing their virginities when it's like a rite of passage for guys. Um, so she goes on to, you know, um, rant about how it's okay for a guy to explore sexuality and in turn loses virginity, but not for girls, um, which is a valid point. However, the three manage to distract Marcy long enough to acquire the address to the lake house. And upon arriving there, a couple of guys refuse to let the parents in until they trick Mitchell into doing a beer chugging challenge. Um, but this isn't typical beer chugging challenge. In this case, they get Mitchell to stick a funnel <laughs> in his ass. <laughs> oh, this! if you watch this scene, it's just, it's hilarious. And you just, you have to watch it. Um, and chug the beer from there. Um, in the house, Julie and Austin try to find a private room to get intimate. And Sam is getting drunk enough to consider sleeping with Chad. And Kayla tries one of Connor's homemade macaroons laced with a ridiculous amount of drugs. Um, however, shortly after starting to do the beer chugging challenge, which in fact, the guy, the, the, the boy who challenged Mitchell to do the the beer chugging challenge he's he played him he he got him good he didn't he didn't do it he like held the the hose in the back and made it seem like he was participating but he didn't do it so that poor that poor dad got gypped but <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> because um at that time the cops arrive and <laughs> And then it causes the dad, Mitchell, to, like, I don't know, clench and, and then push the rest of the beer that he chugged through his ass back out. And then it, hit, it hit Hunter in the face and it was just, no, <laughs> it's just bad. Oh, my goodness. Don't want to be on the receiving end of that beer chug. Um, 
So the cops arrive, which forces everyone to flee. Um, and the girls and their dates return to the limo and the parents chase after them. However, Mitchell still has the beer. <laughs> he still has the chug, like the funnel or whatever up his ass. So Hunter has to help him snatch it out. But it's, oh, poor guy. <laughs> he got the short end of that stick right there. So in the limo, Sam gets, um, gets sick and vomits on Chad. And this causes like a ripple effect of everybody else in the, in the limo getting sick and vomiting, even including the limo driver. So they're vomiting uncontrollably. uncontrollably. Um, the parents are following closely behind until Sam sticks her head out of the sunroof and barfs on Lisa's car, causing her to swerve and drive into a ditch, leaving her car tipped over on its front. They're stranded. The girls go get cleaned up outside a local convenience store when Julie sees how many texts and calls her mom has sent her. So she calls Lisa and they argue over her getting into UCLA and what she's planning to do later, to which Julie snaps that she knows Lisa is afraid of being alone and that Julie is trying to get as far away from her as possible. Um, Lisa becomes upset and then has an argument with Mitchell when she tells him that she avoids hanging out with him because he reminds her of what she's going to lose. Um, Hunter then has a moment when he tells the two that he cheated on Brenda because they had been distant for a while before it happened. And um, that even Brenda cheated on him while on a work retreat. So it was, yeah. So there's that backstory. Um, they then hatch another plan to how on how to find the girls. Um, so after getting a ride from a friend, the three parents return to Austin's house to find one of his parents' phone to see to to find one of his phones, um, his parents' phones to see if he told them where they will be heading next. Um, Mitchell sneaks into the house and sees that Ron and Kathy are engaged in a weird sex game where they are both blindfolded and following each other's sense to find one another. Um, Mitchell's trapped and at risk for getting caught until Hunter enters and forces him to go along with the sex game, ending in Kathy twisting Hunter's balls. Um, and they do manage to get a, the phone and learn that the girls are heading to a hotel. So everyone from prom is at the hotel. They're getting completely trashed and just taking over the hotel, running all over the place. Um, Austin tells Kayla how upset Julie is, so she takes his room key and goes upstairs to create a romantic setup for the two of them. Um, and then Kayla takes Connor into a room so they can get down to business. However, she ultimately decides that she does, she does want the loss of her virginity to be special, so she instead lets Connor go down on her. Uh, Sam and Chad go into a room as well, but Sam stops Chad before he can get started and she realizes that it's not what she wants. And then that leads to a embarrassing moment for him not being, <laughs> he ends up finishing on her despite there being little activity. Um, it's very awkward, but he's okay with it because he's a guy and what guy's not going to be okay with that? Meanwhile, Mitchell starts kicking down every door until he finds Kayla and Connor. He then proceeds to throw Connor at a wall and out the door, which freaks out Kayla until they sit down to talk about what's been going on. 
and Mitchell is being forced to accept that his daughter is grown up and capable of making mature decisions on her own. Um, Lisa sneaks into Julie and Austin's room and sees the romantic setup from Kayla. She hides under a bed when the two enter the room and Lisa then has to hide behind. She kind of does this like mission impossible kind of like escape. Um, she rolls out from under the bed while they're distracted and she goes behind the curtains and then she crawls from the curtains and goes behind this TV um, when she is in danger almost being caught because she gets kind of like shocked from the wiring behind the TV. Um, she sees Julie and Austin dancing together and she realized how happy her daughter is. Um, so Lisa sneaks out undetected and lets Julie do what she wants. Um, Hunter then tracks Sam down and talks to her. Although she is initially unhappy to see him, Hunter comes forward over how he's been a bad parent over the last few years, but that he really does love Sam. Um, she then officially comes out to him and he's completely ecstatic that she told him first and not Brenda, her mom. Um, the girls reunite downstairs in the lobby. Julie tells her friends that she did it and while it was painful, quick, and awkward, it was perfect for her. Um, they start dancing when Sam sees Angelica and she comes out to her friends who both tell her that they love her and they leave her when Angelica approaches them and Sam confirms their mutual feelings, leading Angelica to kiss her. That's cute. Uh, meanwhile, Lisa, Mitchell, and Hunter sit at the hotel bar together after, after the night that they had and Hunter prepares to leave, but the other two invite him to stay and have drinks with them. And then it kind of um, fast forwards three months later. The parents are getting ready to say their farewells to their daughters as they embark on a road trip before heading to college. Lisa tries to hide her emotions, but her face becomes Niagara Falls. <laughs> um, Julie tells her mom she loves her. Hunter and Mitchell say bye to their daughters as well. And after the girls leave, Lisa looks at her phone and sees that she was accidentally added to the girls' group chat. Then they start putting emojis to indicate that they are going to do a lot of drugs on their trip. The three parents start to hop in the car, um, only to stop in their tracks um, when they realize that the girls were just playing a joke on them. Um, <laughs> so the movie ends like that, but then like, a few minutes into the ending credits, it shows Mitchell and Marcy trying out the blindfolded sex game and start to enjoy it until Kayla walks in on them and freaks out. So that is Blockers. Um, it's a really good movie. It's hilarious. It's got lots of just funny bits in there left and right. Um, and again, this movie is, you know, uh, kind of like a giving you giving me hindsight into like what it may be as a parent you know letting go of your your child who's not a child anymore as they prepare to set you know make their way into the real world after graduating high school um but I can definitely see myself reacting similar to those how those parents reacted I'm not going to go as far as to hunt down my child to keep them from losing their virginity I mean, I feel like that's something that we just don't have any control over, no matter how, how hard we try. And you can't, there's no winning when it comes to teenage hormones. I'm sorry, but there isn't. Um, I may try to even fight it, but I hope to God that I do my best to not let myself get too caught up like that. 
but yeah, it was a really good movie. I liked it. Lots of laughs. Um, I think it's more relatable for me as a parent, even though I don't have any kids in high school yet, but just to kind of foresee that some of those things happening and those reactions, it's a, it's a pretty, it's pretty fun. So, um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you guys think. Um, comment in Instagram, on my Instagram, Twitter, uh, email me, let me know. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed both these movie reviews. They were both pretty hilarious. If you haven't seen them, watch them. If you watch them together, go ahead. It's, it's, they're really quite funny. That's what I did. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think. And for a preview into next episode, the movie that I will be reviewing and discussing is going to be Atomic Blonde, starring Charlie Theron and James McAvoy. This movie was so, so good. I mean, it's one of my favorites. Um, I love Charlize Theron. I love James McAvoy. The concept of the movie is just, it's like a, a spy kind of um, action movie. It's got great great music I even bought the soundtrack but I bought it in vinyl because I felt like that was the best way to own that soundtrack is on vinyl um so yeah if you haven't seen it please watch it it is so so good so so good it's got um it's just got so much action it's got so many you know surprises and like oh shit moments so if you haven't seen it you know watch it. If you have, let me know what you think about it. If you have anything in particular that you want to discuss or that you want me to bring up during my discussion, let me know. Hit me up on my Instagram, happy hour with Victabulous, Twitter, HHR Victabulous, or my email, happyhourvictabulous at hotmail.com. All right. And don't forget to follow me on Spotify. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.